Welcome to the Servants of Fire podcast, where we dive into real-life application of the prophetic, evangelism, pastoring, healing, and so much more. We'll have special guests and your host, Alvin Kaufman. Thanks for joining us on the Servants of Fire podcast, part two with Wesley Roderick. If you guys would like to give us a subscribe on iTunes, that would be great. We have a very special offer coming up in our next episode with Rob Parkman. If you guys are interested in speaking in a speaking course, you guys want to tune in the next episode because we have a great deal for you. So hit that subscribe button. As soon as it goes live, you guys will be notified. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Kind of bring it back around to uh, you talk about encounters. Can you maybe just go into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, most of my encounters come out of non-spiritual moments. Um, so, like the it's I like it's kind of like I've come to this conclusion that we're at we're in this huge like identity like crisis in the church, like. We're identifying as prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, pastors, you know, and and I'm just like, God, like, I could identify as a prophet all I want, but if I don't know I'm a son, if I don't know I'm a child of God, I'm going to act as an employee. And so... <laughs> In those moments of encountering, I say, like, I'm, you know, like, I had an encounter with the Lord, or an, an angel visited me, but I was sitting on my couch watching a movie with my roommates. Like, we weren't doing anything spiritual. We weren't worshiping. We weren't doing anything like that. And this angel just walked out of, like, down the hallway, like, out of my peripheral vision and then, like, walked up to me. And so, like, to me, there's, there's encounters, and there's, then there's experiences. Like, I kind of almost divide the two. Like, an encounter, it's kind of like a shaking in your life. Like, something comes out of it. And there's fruit. There's evidence of this encounter. And it, it becomes a message. It becomes, it becomes an anthem. It becomes... Uh, something for you to carry for a season. And then there's experiences. Experiences tend to be like, I felt warmth on my body, in my hands. But I don't know why. I was just walking down the street one day and I felt warmth and I felt like my hand got really, really warm. Now we would, we would typically kind of go, oh, that's the healing anointing or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, or maybe you were holding a hot coffee. I don't know. Uh, you know, and, but we have, a, like, I think we have a tendency. This is going to, this might get me in trouble. Um, we have a tendency to be, like, very spiritual. Like, to the extent sometimes where it's like, I wonder if God looks down and goes, hmm, they're more spiritual than I am sometimes. <laughs> you know, because, like, we, like, my, my microwave says finished. What does it mean? I'm like, pull out your TV dinner. <laughs> My Cheerios are speaking to me. They say, ooh. You know, and, and I joke because, like, I say that because sometimes, like, 
there's real authentic moments that happen. But if we give, if we like, if we give credit to every single thing that happens, like sometimes, sometimes it's it's just a coincidence. You know, like something could happen. Um, but then there's moments where it's like, no, this is really God. And it's trying to figure out what that is. And it's like, so like before figuring out like encounters and experiences, it's like discernment and, uh, figuring out like, is this, is this, is this God? Is this just a random occurrence? Is this, uh, you know, is this just something random and like i'll give you an example of that is like we had a i was just taking over a school of ministry and kind of feeling a little ill-equipped for it just i'd never like i've never really attended a ministry school find it odd that i'm going to be leading one and i'm like all right god like i'm up for the challenge and we had a guest speaker come in and he wakes up in the morning and he finds a, like a penny in his, in his shoe, which is really, he's like, that's really weird. I didn't have a penny in my shoe last night. Why do I have a penny in my shoe right now? And, you know, it was like, but it was like a sign to him from the Lord. Like you're a sent one, one cent. And he was like, you're a sent one. And so we go out to lunch and I'm parked on top of like the rooftop garage place. And as soon as I, I walk to my car after lunch and I look down right in front, like right in front of my car door is one penny. And like, you know, this is like right as I'm taking over the, uh, the ministry school. And then I get home and like my driveway is like gravel and then like grass and like you typically, nothing would like a penny wouldn't really stand out. And I, I get home and I look on the stairs that go up to my patio and then there's a penny again. And I'm like, but am I just now noticing these pennies because this, because this, this guy shared about it? Or is God really trying to get a message to me at this point, you know? And, you know, I, I took it as like, all right, Lord, you're, you're trying to get a, you're trying to encourage me. Cause like, that's where we see like, wow. you know, the prophetic is to encourage, to edify, to exhort, to, to, to lift up, to build up. And so I'm like, all right, God, you're trying to build me up so that I can take on this school and be confident about it. And like, I believe that one of the greatest signs of being baptized in the Holy spirit is being is confidence. Like most people would attribute speaking in tongues, but it's the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship that comes inside of you. And so encounters and experiences, like sometimes it's the Lord will have you physically be in a different position. Sometimes it's laying down. Sometimes it's sitting up. Uh, there's going to be times where you're in a like geo geographically you're in a place of encounter 
I have I have a lot of God moments when I'm driving because it's just me and the Lord. It's you're just you're in that place of you could be in that place of solitude. Like there's times where I won't have any music, I won't have worship music, I won't have anything going. And it's just me and the Lord and we're just conversing. Then there's going to be times where it's I've I've been in worship and I've been in uh just like it's a real deep moment and the Lord speaks something and it just breaks, breaks me, you know? And so I think the, 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 I wouldn't even call it the secret, the antidote to, to encounters or whatever you, the, the catalyst to encountering the Lord is being open anywhere and everywhere, knowing that he's always talking and you know, it's, are we listening? And I think of like what God says about Moses and number and numbers. If there's a prophet amongst you, I'll speak to him in a riddle, a dark saying, a vision, a dream, but not to Moses. I speak to him face to face as a friend speaks to a friend. To me, have your visions, have your dreams, have your encounters. I want to speak to God face to face as a friend speaks to a friend and we have a better covenant than Moses did. So God, I want access. Let's kind of go back to the, the prophecy again and um, just personal prophecy and it's something that we can all learn from, but people that are just growing into it, right? Um, sometimes they might rather than give prophetic words, they can have either projection prophecy or as you call it, reading one soul. And how do you determine if you're reading somebody's soul or if you're getting the heart of God for somebody in a moment? Well, I think there's going to be a level of it where what, what is the word of knowledge? A word of knowledge is essentially acknowledging an individual's condition of where they are right hmm. now. And we, we use it in healing and and because like when you say projection prophecy, I think of like somebody projecting what they're going through on somebody else. Like I think of more of like the psychology term, like you're project, you're projecting like, actually, I'm not depressed, but I think you might be, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, in that, I think, you know, people are uh, when you're still learning and not even people that are still learning. I mean, like that's what a that's like what Sue's saying is in a sense. Like you're ear tickling. You're saying you could be reading what people are wanting to hear, but prophetic speaks to the destiny. You know, it's like it it, it speaks to like it brings breakthrough. It brings shift um, to people. the The best way to describe the prophetic is like for me and the examples that I give is like, you know, when Elijah was sitting under the tree and he was like, you know, whining, I'm the last prophet and blah, blah, blah. And he falls asleep. And then an, like an angel brings him cake and he eats the cake and then he drinks and then he sleeps some more and then wakes up and eats the, the rest. And it's kind of like, to me, the prophetic should be like that cake, that cake brought energy and strength and strength and endurance so Elijah could finish running the course of his race. And so when we speak prophetically into somebody's life, 
it should be like that. Or it should come in like, you know, when you plant a tree and you have a sapling and you do like those, uh, those posts around it to, and tie it so it grows straight, it, the prophetic should be like that, something that comes in and re-embraces the growth of that individual and comes like, like rebar and just helps reinforce the growth pattern and the growth process of the individual. Not like, you know, we don't always need like these grandiose, like prophetic words all the time. Sometimes it's found in the simplicity. What we like, we use, we want to seem really spiritual. And so we add all these extra adjectives um, and like all this other stuff. And, you know, and I think, you know, like, and I get what you're saying, like in that, like, Cause like, you know, how many times have you received like a, a prophetic word that like the Lord's going to give you the nations? Well, that's scripture. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know if that's perfect. Like it could, it could be like, you know, Rhema, Rhema in that moment, you know, maybe that somebody's like that, that they're really looking for that. But like people prophesy that over me, but I feel called to America. So that's like. Thanks for the scripture. I know it. Um, and so like, you know, like I, cause there's a level of them where I called like inspired compliments and, and like, and, I, and you know, and those are good at times and people are, are need them. Like, and I used to like be on like a prophetic team and that's kind of the route that they took. And so I got kicked off that prophetic team because that wasn't the route I took. Uh, <laughs> You know, because it was like I, I like people came up and I gave them real words, and and not that these people weren't. It was just more of a like the word. Like I was getting into like correction and stuff like that. Like people like you're striving for something that you're not supposed to. Uh, but uh, in that, like when you have like really, if you just get in the heartbeat of God, you don't have to worry about reading the soul. Like it's kind of like. You know, when you, when you, the whole analogy we used to use, like, what did we use it for? I don't remember. But basically when somebody would go work at a bank, like there, there's going to be a billion ways to counterfeit money. So what do they have them do? They have them study the real thing through and through so that they know what it is. So if you know the real thing through and through, you don't ever have to worry about studying the fake thing. You don't even have to look at it. Like, and if it's not right, it's not right. You know, and I, to me, like when you get a prophetic word, you look at the source. You look at the person. Like, is that water pure? You know, not, and by pure, I mean like, is their heart and their intent pure? Not necessarily like, are they without sin? Like we all have stuff in our life whether we'd like to admit it that where we're falling short somewhere and when we and then when we proclaim we don't then we're deceived so it's like which one is it um but uh when when you're getting a prophetic word from somebody look you know does it measure up with like do they have history like in that like like i teach in our in, in my school no dates, no mates, and no babies. Like, 
those are good general prophetic guidelines. You know, but take risk. Step out on some dates. Hmm. But just be admit, like, hey, I'm stepping out. Um, you know, really, I don't encourage prophesying marriages. Like, that's that's usually a no-no. Um, because, like, people get all confused on that, and that leads to all sorts of stuff. And, you know, we say, like, you know, unless you really have, like, the backing of the Lord and a history of it, you know, like, it's good not to get into the whole, like, prophesying babies thing. You know, that and make sure that they're married, you know, they want a kid, uh, like, that sort of stuff. Um, I look at it more of, like, if i rather go, with, like, it, and I've served with some people that walk in some amazing healing gifts and have seen, you know, they've struggled with uh, getting pregnant themselves and they, you know, they won't say, like, I, you know, thus saith the Lord, you will have a baby. But, like, you know, they will share about the breakthrough that they've seen. And I think if we approach things from a more place of humility, not a place of doubt, but a place of humility, uh, especially when giving, especially in operating in prophetic ministry. Like, I give opportunity for me to be wrong, but I've been doing prophetic ministry for 16 years. Like, it's. I'm just now coming out to the to the surface where people are where are, like mm. people maybe recognize my name, maybe recognize me. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't, whatever. Um but it like in that I still take the possibility of being wrong. And I'll take it right on the chin too and go like and like so like when I minute like if I minister on a Facebook live and I minister prophetically to somebody, and I'll go, you know, mm-hmm. John, does that word make sense? Please let me know this. Put it into the chat. Does it make sense? And if the person says no, it makes no sense at all. You're crazy. You are a false prophet and whatever. I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, could I have another try? But, you know, but it's taking it from a place of like, I could be wrong. And that's okay, you know. It's like um, a friend of mine, he put out a public word, and because the word didn't happen in the way that he worded it, he apologized for being wrong. Like, you know in part, you see in part, you hear in part. That means there's going to be a part of the time where you're off. Doesn't make you a false prophet. A false prophet is when somebody tries to... The spirit of prophecy is the revelation of Jesus. If someone's per, alleged prophetic gift is not revealing Jesus, that to me is a false prophet. Not just not because you miss something, but because you're trying to lead people to yourself. That's good. Can can you? Um, well, I'll let you go here shortly. And just in the last little bit, can you talk about? Um, you know, there's. We're, we've been talking about personal prophecy, but I think of like the story about Agabus when he gets up and says there's a famine coming. And sometimes there's words like for movements and churches and corporations and, and things like that. Can you kind of go into the that level of prophecy? Like, would you consider that something that a prophet would come in and do? Or uh, 
it wouldn't necessarily be somebody just in a Sunday morning service or what would you say to so, that? So I mean I think like you have your different levels of prophetic gifting or revelatory gifting. You have like your your basic introductory level in the sense of like you're saved and you should desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you should prophesy. And so you have like that like like that grace gift. And then you have kind of like the charisma gift, the the gift of prophecy, the prophetic gift. And that's kind of like the training ground. Like you could even have similar words as a prophet would, but you don't have the influence. And so like that's your real big dividing line is the is the sphere of influ- influence. But it also is the it's you could be in a place of training like I can't remember who said it, but they said it takes like almost like 20 years to develop a prophet. And like, I think about like some of the people that we consider like classic prophets of our modern day. And the Lord wouldn't let some of them release resources well into their 20 or well, well into like their forties in some cases. And like John Paul Jackson wasn't allowed to release anything. Until, like, he is over 40 years old. The Lord wouldn't allow him. And it took him time to develop the gift and X, Y, and Z. And so, like, when you, when you have these moments of corporate-level words, um, like, a church should be a good place for a training ground. If, if you have, like, a very, I think if you have a strong leadership infrastructure, I think it's great. Um, where they open the doors and like, you know, being willing to submit your word. Like, I think the hardest thing that prophetic people sometimes miss Mm -hmm. is they're actually there to serve the church. The church isn't there to serve them. And so it's like, you know, we, we prophetic people, we get so we get this revelation and we get frustrated because we have no outlet. We have no, we have nowhere to do anything with it. And we're like, and then it's hard, like, you kind of go through this whole, like, angry, bitter stage. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And so you're going through that, and you're trying, you're going through this developmental process. And it's almost like, really, like, you're dying to yourself. You're realizing, like, I do have a voice. But I want to be in a place where God allows me to use it. And so you go through this whole process of dying to yourself and going, God, it's your will, not mine. And so when you go through that growth process, it, it's not fun. No, you know, it's kind of like you, you have this gift, but you have nowhere to use it. And it's in that time that characters developed. So when you do get, if you do get that opportunity where you stand before a people group or a body of people and you do give that word, you give it with the heart of the Lord. You give it out of humility, out of meekness, out of brokenness, especially if it's something like there's going to be a famine or if it's a rebuke or, you know, something of that nature. Because honestly, the last thing that you want to do is hurt someone, you know, you don't, and sometimes we get into that place of like, well, I'm just going to give the word. And whether they like it or not, 
And it's like, no, like you have to like, I look at how Nathan confronted David. Nathan confronted David in such a way that David didn't even know that he was being confronted. Like when we look at that story and like Nathan's like, he uses it in this like parabolic way. And like David's like, we must find this man and justice must be served. (laughs) And then Nathan's like, Bonehead, I'm talking about you. You are that man. You're the guy that we like justice needs to be served to. And I think when we deliver a message with whether it's to encourage or whether it's to correct, if it's done in love, the it even a message that's meant to encourage, if it's not done in love, it's a clanging symbol. And if you bring, if you're, it's the loving kindness of God that leads people to repentance or leads to actual change. And if we don't have that, no, nope. I don't know what that's good. What we would that's do. Good. Well, I will. Uh, we've been here you know? for quite a while, so I will definitely have an hour. Yeah, you uh, really. Uh, it felt like killing it, like, man. Like, you, it felt like it's only you like have 10 so minutes. much wisdom. And, uh, <laughs> You know, I coming from you know some of the people that you walk with. I can just say this about you: is that you have such a level of uh, maturity and security in who you are, and you you're very uh, easy to speak to on a level where people are going to get it, no matter if they're drawn to the prophetic or maybe they're not. Maybe they have some issues with it. You know, you're very personable with these, but. Uh, Wesley, if you could maybe just tell us uh, maybe some of your products you have. You have a book coming out, I know. If you want to tell the listeners about that and uh, any other things that you have going on uh, in the next little while. Yeah, uh, I'm really stoked. Like, I have my first book coming out, like, which is for me, like, when I was younger, I was like in behind and reading and writing. Like I couldn't, I couldn't spell my name and it has like Wes has three letters. Like that's, that's where I was at in life. And at one point, like, and I can laugh about it now, like back then I wasn't, but like that plagued me in writing. And so when it came, like I, I set out to write this book about like this thing I call the love equation. And then next thing I know is I'm doing a book about uh, prophetic ministry and operating as like as a king, but like for me, a ki- to operate as a, in the kingly anointing is to be the earthly representation of the Father in heaven. And I talk about the marrying of like the the apostolic essentially and the prophetic, and having that Father's heart gives you that much more authority in the prophetic, and it breaks down the prophetic in some of the most simplistic ways. Like if you just if you like. If you believe that God speaks to you and then you go tell somebody, that's prophetic. Like, 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 so I try to demystify the prophetic. And, and so the book is called Of Kings and Prophets. It's a foreword from Doug Addison. Um, and I've known Doug for, geez, just like about 15 years now. And it's basically bringing it back to like the, the journey into becoming a, a, having the father's heart in the midst of everything and then to bringing a proper or a bring it back to the basics of the prophetic and not just pursuing prophetic words, 
but going back to the father and hearing him speak to you. And so if it's, I think, I think it's going to actually kind of cross over into some other denominations and help understand where, uh, the prophetic isn't as weird as people think it is and kind of go from there. Uh, so I'm, I'm stoked about that and they can check out more about it on of Kings and profits.com and it's of Kings and profits.com or you can go to sunny and you can find it under resources there, but either site you can get a hold of me. You can, Find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like just wherever. <laughs> if there's a social media platform, you can find me. Um, and so, but uh, that's that's probably like the main resource that I have coming out right now. And I'm doing different. I'm doing like small, like online classes called Prophetic Reform, and where I'm teaching on like the difference between the prophet and prophetic. Um, I'll be doing another one on dream interpretation, which is huge. Because people like mix in all sorts of weird stuff, and when it comes to dream interpretation, and then I'll do, uh, do another one on on the seer gift, which is another thing. And the whole concept of that is to bring like some basic biblical truth to these different subject matters that seem to have a lot of like extra biblical uh, understanding, and hopefully bring people back to a place of effectiveness. Like there's, there's churches right now that are using the prophetic to help police Mm -hmm. find people who've been kidnapped and abducted. And I'm thinking this is happening in churches. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. We need to step up our game so every church can do it. So that's, that's my ultimate heart is to get people one into a place of actual understanding. And then once I think once we have a strong foundation, then we can go out into the stratospheres. Like, you know, like, then we'll stop. Like, once we can get, you know, past the place of always wanting to, like, find, like, a fruity pebble-dipped angel or something, whatever it is that we're going after sometimes, um, and get back to a place of, like, living the simplistic basics, I think we can become really effective and very powerful as the body Uh, of Christ. Thanks so much for doing this. Um... Absolutely, it was a pleasure.